2020, there's really only one word. If you had to sum the year up, and you know what it is, COVID or COVID-19, the world currently, can you imagine this, thinking back a year, uh, can you imagine that we would be saying 1.9 million people have been killed by this virus? And that's where we stand right now. In the middle of it all, of course, the World Health Organization and spokeswoman Margaret Harris joins us this morning to go back over 2020. Margaret, thank you. What went through your head when you first heard about this new virus coming out of China? Well, I actually heard about it when I was supposed to be on a break from dealing with Ebola in a conflict zone in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So I'd actually come up to Geneva for to work as well, to cover some of my other colleagues, but it was like a rest break after and uh, and and living in in pretty complicated circumstances, and I'd agreed because it was New Year's Day. I'd agreed to go skiing with a colleague who was in the communications department, and suddenly his phone blew up. He was getting call after call, and they were all about this this group of mysterious uh, group of uh, pneumonia cases that that was pneumonia of unknown origin. It was in China. It was in winter. So actually what went through my head is, do we have another outbreak of SARS? Because I'd spent much, I've spent much of my life in Hong Kong, and I was in Hong Kong when SARS uh, crossed the border from southern China and arrived there. And what I was hearing sounded awfully like that. And uh, as it turned out, it wasn't SARS, but it was a cousin. Mm. At what point did the WHO realise uh-oh, this is a really serious issue. It was actually right from the start, again, because it was the nature of what we were hearing from China. We were hearing of pneumonia. So pneumonia, as I said, is an illness that needs a, you know, a high level of, of hospital care and usually is best treated in in um, advanced hospitals. So if this becomes uh, uh, something that... Widespread. And, and it's often on an older person's death certificate, isn't it? Yes, but again, if it's if we didn't know whether it was necessarily something that was confined to older people or younger people, and very early on, it was there, there were clusters of healthcare workers who were infected as well, and this is often a sign that you've got a problematic uh, virus that is transmitting efficiently between people, and again um, tells you that it could well spread into the community. And we knew that within a couple of weeks, and we were already warning that we were seeing signs of human-to-human transmission, and we were very concerned. The good news is it has been identified as a coronavirus early and also the genetic sequence had been identified. So it was possible to test for this within three weeks of it being identified. Spokeswoman for the WHO, Margaret Harris, with us at Newstalk ZB on this Friday morning, looking back over the year of COVID, COVID-19 slash 20, and now into 2021. We'll talk about the response in a couple of minutes. We're back with Margaret Harris from the World Health Organization talking COVID and the evolution of the COVID pandemic. You had a plan for something like this. You have theories and you have scenarios that you work with. When did you put the plan into action? 
actually almost day one. So we had something called the Research and Development Roadmap. And uh, very early on, in fact, my colleague who is in charge of that went into the head of the emergencies unit, that's Dr. Mike Ryan, and said, shall we activate it? Do you think this is the big one? And he said, yes, go ahead. And what that meant was calling all the science, all the scientists, all the experts in all the different areas of dealing with uh, a new pathogen and saying, okay, let's get together, let's work out what we need to do, what we need to understand, how how we can sequence this thing, how we can get the tests going, how we can start working on vaccines. And all that happened actually in the very first week of January. And the countries, uh, obviously, around the world that hadn't yet seen it, did they take notice? Did they sit up? Unfortunately, not all. Now, some did. I think I could cite uh, very very much so in uh, the, the Western Pacific, including New Zealand. But a lot of countries thought that it wasn't their problem, that this was something that was happening on the other side of the world, and it was not a big deal. So we, in fact, you know, had developed the um, uh, the primus, the, the the PCR testing. But by mid-February, my director general, Dr. Tedros, was saying to, to the world, test, test, test. You must test. This is very serious. You must find cases. You must isolate cases. You must quarantine cases. But unfortunately it was those warnings were not taken seriously even though on january 30 we declared it a public health emergency of international concern which for us is this is the highest level of emergency it means to the world you must sit up Mm. and take notice there are those who said the who dropped the ball at the early stage of the game How, how do you respond to that and how do you cope when those uh, countries take away their funding? So certainly, I with that, it's quite easy to respond because I was there and I saw that we didn't. <laughs> so um, I can understand how there is finger pointing and the blame game goes on because it, people are suffering enormously. And when people suffer, when things have gone wrong, people do look for a scapegoat. For us, funding has always been a problem, whether 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 now or before. But we will continue to do whatever we need to do to stop this outbreak. What do you think of this new strain that's emerged? What well, now seems to be very prevalent in the UK. It's been seen in South uh, Africa, other countries as well. So there are actually two new variants that are, as there's the UK one, which they call the variant of concern, and there is a different variant in South Africa. But both have one shared characteristic, and that is that they seem to be more transmissible. So they're transmitting themselves more effectively between people. And of course, the longer any outbreak goes on, the longer you give a pathogen the chance to spend a lot of time in human population, the, the more opportunity you give it to adapt itself to us and, and make itself very comfortable. Um, so that's another reason for reducing your transmission as effectively and as quickly as you can. Uh, so this variant, yes, we're concerned, of course, that it's more transmissible, but it doesn't change the advice, the advice on 
physical distancing, on the hand hygiene, on mask wearing when you're in contact with others, but avoiding contact where you can and really avoiding gatherings um, in closed spaces, especially poorly ventilated spaces. Will we get out of this in 2021? We certainly think we will. The, the extraordinary advantage we have is the great solidarity we've seen among the scientists, the science community, the extraordinary work they've done, and the, and the, the great sharing of data and information. So uh, we hoped we would have a vaccine by the end of 2020, but we have um, over 11 potential candidates when we've got another 200 at various stages of the pipeline. And many of those different vaccines are being rolled out. The count in the countries that are rolling it out is now uh, over 30. We want to see vaccine rolled out in every country and we'd like to see that happening at the same time. And we set up something called the COVAX facility in order to ensure that the poor countries with fewer resources would also get the vaccine at the same time so that it's not just a matter of wealth but of need all right you said earlier and correctly observed i think that in a crisis like this we look for someone to blame did china let the rest of the world down china gave um um, quite a lot of information and, and also did provide access to what they were doing. We had two missions to China, one in uh, around 21, 22 January. We had sent a group to Wuhan and we learned a lot about testing, about case definition, about what they were doing for infection prevention and control. And a bit later in early February, we sent a larger delegation again to learn how China was responding, what they were doing, and what the rest of the world could learn. And the, the rest of the world has learned a great deal from the information that China provided at that time. That's Margaret Harris, who is a spokeswoman for the World Health Organization, looking back over COVID and the devastating impact that it's had globally during 2020.